Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the Art Studio. I am your host, Dan Burke. I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio, and I hope the art is coming out well. It's May 1st, 2016. For those that listen to the show, you know just a few months ago, I was sick and nearly dead. It was really, really scary. But I have to thank God and the fates for allowing me to regain my health. I have to tell you, I feel really good. I feel strong and uh, very encouraged by how much ground I have gained since being so sick. I've been working at my day job and I've been out looking for something else to do because I need more money. That's the fact of it. It's amazing. Just 10 years ago, uh, I was wildly, wildly financially successful. And since that 10-year mark have sort of diminished from that point. Uh, For those that know my story, it was really the end of the magazine business that sort of was the death knoll for my businesses. I would use magazines to advertise my different products, and I would sell quite a bit of them. Sometimes, you know, almost close to $20,000 worth of product a month. Then, with the demise of the magazine business and being able to reach out to customers... I'm unable to make that money, sell those products, or make any of that happen. I've not been able to replace the advertising that that stuff afforded me. It's a lot like the Yellow Pages. When I was a young man, I used the Yellow Pages to advertise my businesses, and man, did they work. I would say I would get three calls a day uh, for people inquiring for the services and the things I had. It was really a great thing and well worth it. But again, the Yellow Pages have become passe, No one really uses Yellow Pages and uh, nothing going on. Over the last few months, I've been studying the O.J. Simpson case with great fascination. Uh, I started watching that TV show. Perhaps some of you have watched it, the O.J. American Crime Story. And it was absolutely fascinating to me. I thought Sarah Paulson as Martha Clark was really a tremendous performance. Great actress. Did a great job. Anyway kind of sucked into it, so began to study the O.J. case. And as as most things I do, I bought a ton of books on the O.J. stories and read them all. One of the most fascinating books on the whole thing was the story of O.J. Simpson's civil trial. It's called Triumph of Justice. It's written by Daniel Petrocelli with the help of Peter Nobler, and it describes the entire civil trial. This is the time that O.J. Simpson was forced and compelled to testify about the events uh, in his life about the murder. And man, listening to that guy lie, there is no doubt that he did it. No doubt at all. I mean, there's just no question. And his lies are so ridiculous 
Uh, <laughs> I just got done reading a section this morning, and they're talking about the blood on his hand. And they're like, well, how did you get the blood on your hand? He goes, I don't know. Did you get the blood from a cut? I don't think so. Where did the blood on your hand come from? I don't know. Was there blood on your hand? Yes. Did you know how it got there? No. Did you cut yourself? I don't know. And this goes on like this in this circular lying logic for like two days over cuts and blood and everything. And uh, just really amazing and absolutely fascinating to listen to a sociopath who murdered two people lie about it right in open court. Around TJ, around, pardon me, around OJ was a cabal of friends, a group, and uh, these people would lie for him, and some of them took the stand too and lied, uh, but Daniel Petrocelli was very smart. He had prepared a year in advance for this, knew his homework, knew what was going to happen, and pretty much impeached all the witnesses by proving what they were saying was either a lie or absolutely ridiculous. I wish I could jump in a time machine and go back and uh, become a lawyer. I had the chance to go to law school, and I didn't take advantage of it. I I can't believe it. Now that I'm old and time has passed, I kind of kick myself and say, man, that that is something you should have approached. My youngest daughter is absolutely ingenious at doing what you and I would call a Socratic line of questioning. Socratic referring to Socrates, Plato, and the way he uh, wrote about how Plato would question people, the Socratic method. And uh, absolutely fascinating. Uh, So my daughter is so good at this. She's so good at asking questions and then getting the logic or not logic out of those questions and then asking more questions on top of the logic. Just this past week, she got a B in one of her classes, and she felt that the grade was really unfair based on the parameters of the assignment. So her and the teacher went back and forth for about a week about the parameters of the assignment, what was supposed to happen, how it was supposed to be done, and everything else. And finally, at the end of it, the guy admitted that she was right and gave her the A. I have seen her negotiate at least... 15 times now since I've known her since she was a child with people, including me, uh, on topics like this where she just keeps questioning and asking questions and debating back and forth until finally you have to completely admit her point. Now, of course, you can just deny it and deny logic, deny truth, you know, to deny stuff. But if you're going to play fair and be honest, uh, she really does have a unique gift at getting down to the logic of situations. And I think she would make an absolutely fabulous attorney. I continue drawing on my books. I have two books at about the 70% level right now, working on my Ed Wood book, another story inside that book, and I have my men's fitness book that I've been writing on too for over a year. And I'm really disappointed in myself for not finishing that book But it's clocking in at almost 200 pages, and it's a lot to write. It's a lot to edit. It's a lot to check. I wrote probably the first half of it, edited that, redid that. It's got over 100 illustrations in it and so on. So it's a pretty, you know, big book for a single person to produce. But I really want to finish that, and I've been trying to do a little bit of work on it each day. I came home from work last week, 
And you know, I'm an old man and I'm not used to physical labor and my job is incredibly physically intensive. I work with a 19-year-old guy who is six foot two, 270 pounds, and I'm standing right next to him doing the same job he is doing. So by the time I get home from work, my arms are like lead, my hands are often shaking, and my back hurts, and I'm often utterly, utterly exhausted. I, I come home, shower, eat something, and barely make it into bed. Now, after doing that schedule for a few weeks, I'm starting to toughen up a little bit, and it's not quite as brutal as it was, but it's still pretty brutal. Uh, But I'm not complaining. I'm actually really fortunate to have a job. You know, it's hard to find a job. So I've been out all over the place uh, applying for jobs and everything else. One of the new interesting things that happens when you apply for a job is they instantly give you a drug test (laughs) right there on the spot. So uh, I've been passing and taking drug tests all over time, all over town, pardon me, filling out applications uh, in all my free time and basically applying for jobs. We're kind of a little bit of a job boom here in Bend, Oregon right now. So I'm hoping to land some kind of well-paying job at the hospital or somewhere else. And uh, from there you know, like everything else, try to look for an even better job. You know, it'd be ideal to work in art or graphic design or computers or video editing, all the things I'm really good at. But, you know, you just can't find those jobs instantaneously. At least I can't. So I've been focusing on jobs that I already know about, bartender, you know, things like that that I've done in the past, and I'm hoping I can get on somewhere and make that happen. I'm really going to have to work two jobs in order to bring my income to a point that I can actually survive, eat, and keep a roof over me and my family's head. Again, not complaining, just describing the situation. So it's going to become more and more challenging to create my books, create my work, but I'm not at all upset about it. It's just the way it is. And I have to say, I've had a fantastic run. Uh, For over 14 years, I've got to run my life in a fantastic personal way and made plenty of money doing it and got to do my own projects, do my own thing. I'm slightly disappointed that I've come to this point in my art career that I draw so well for me uh, and still not being able to make it happen. You know, I made more money 20 years ago in art and I wasn't nearly as good as I am now. So it's a weird dichotomy that I've entered into this situation. But I'm staying hopeful with it, and I'm going to keep working on my personal projects in the little bit of free time that I have allowed, and I'm going to keep making it happen. So I'll keep talking about it here with you guys as as long as you're interested and want to know. Uh, What else have I got going on? Hmm. Well, I can say that the weather here in Bend, Oregon is warming up. It's beautiful. I packed my whole house. Oh, yeah, that's a story. I packed my whole house to move. I don't know if you guys are aware of my situation, moving away from Bend, Oregon. So all my crap is packed. Half of my house is sitting in giant storage containers in the garage. And I'm pretty much poised to move. So if I have to move, I can. I still have at least a week's worth of packing to do here, 40 hours at least. So I'm going to keep doing it in my free time, uh, packing and getting things ready. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to move or when it's going to happen. 
still sort of in a holding pattern. Uh, who knows? If I can't make the job thing happen here in Bend, if it turns out that circumstances don't go my way, uh, I'm going to try to move somewhere else here in Oregon where perhaps there's a bigger job market, other jobs for me. A friend of mine, for example, looked for work for years, ended up getting a really good job in Portland. That may turn out to be something that happens to me. I don't know. But I'm open to it, and I'm preparing for it. You know, I don't know when or if I'm going to move right now, but I'm preparing for it just in case it's actually going to happen. So definitely prepared. It's weird, after all these years of working for myself and being my own boss, much the majority of my life, especially through my 30s and 40s and now in my 50s, uh, it's kind of weird out there looking for a job, you know, but uh, it's not discouraging, it's not painful. It's actually just like anything else. Go out, meet people, shake hands, you know, give them your resume, fill out applications, meet people, shake hands, and go on. You know, almost everything in life happens through a personal relationship. You know, just dropping off a resume doesn't do a damn thing. just goes into oblivion. You've got to meet the decision makers. You've got to meet the owners. You've got to meet the people who do the hiring, the hiring committee, whatever it is. You've got to make yourself known to those people and make it happen. So that's really the goal is not just to drop off resumes and applications around town, but to actually meet people and create personal relationships and try to bridge it so I can get hired. And I think that's what I've been doing, frankly. Uh, I'm always trying to meet those people. So I've got some good leads on some possible other jobs, so I'm hoping that those come, come to fruition. Now, I don't know if all this is boring for you guys, and if it is, I apologize. But I thought at least uh, I would keep recording and keep you abreast of my adventures. And I know it's not completely focused on art, such as the art studio is about and enjoys. But uh, much of the art studio, I suppose, because I am the host, uh, is about my personal journey through life. <laughs> so if you, know, if you are interested, I hope you are, that uh, at least gives you some insight to how I think and how I feel about things. I, again, to open up with, feel so amazed that I'm so healthy now again when just in February I was literally unable to breathe, unable to, you know, walk 10 feet. Uh, I was sick and scared and close to death. <laughs> I mean, I really, really was. And now just a few months later, you know, I'm, I'm doing a job uh, that I thought I could never do. It really is amazing, and I feel very blessed to have my health back. I'm not resentful of the situation. I'm thankful for the fact that I'm healthy enough to be able to work. That's sort of how I see it. I'm not going to let being busy diminish me from doing my projects, from doing my thing. No matter where you are in life, no matter where you're standing, you can affect change. It may take time, more time than you want, but I think if you're willing to go for it, it can happen. You know, uh, I watched a video not long ago about the 10 things you need to do to become a success at art or other stuff, but this was specifically aimed at art, and I have found that I have done all those things. You know, one was make an animated film about your stuff, launch a Kickstarter, uh, do fan art, uh, blah, 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 all these different things you can do to help raise your profile on the internet and have people, you know, become involved with you and your projects. 
Well, I've done all of those things in spades, honest to God, videos, you know, tutorials, you name it. And it really hasn't done much. And I think it's just a matter of like most things, you know, luck, timing, and so on. Because I know people who have done much, much less and have gotten a lot more out of it. You know, it's a lot like the people who don't pay any attention to their Patreons, which is a website where people sort of give money to people to help them do their thing. And these people pay no attention to the Patreon, don't update it, don't interact with the people, know nothing, and they still get several hundred dollars a month just by throwing up a Patreon. And I always think to myself, how the heck does that work? How can they completely ignore the situation, but people still feel compelled to give to them? And I guess it's a disconnect for me. Because like most people, I think there should be like a quid pro quo. In other words, if you're supporting someone on Patreon, you would expect them to have updated content or you know whatever they're promised to do or intended on doing, you'd think they would do it. But literally, people go on, set up a Patreon, never pay attention to it, and do really, really well with it. You know, I had a Patreon, didn't do well, but didn't do bad, but didn't do well, and I took it down. And I've people have always suggested to me, Dan, you should do a Patreon, you know, again, or whatever, not knowing I had the first one. And I'm just not sure, you know. I, I just don't think or know if that's something that would, one, work for me, two, is appropriate, and three, just wouldn't be another one of these things I throw time at that don't really mean anything. You know, for some people it works, I get it. And for me, it didn't. Much like Kickstarter. For some people, Kickstarter really, really works. For me, it didn't. You know, every time I went to Kickstarter, I brought a finished product, a finished project, a game, a book, whatever it is I was doing with, with video, animation, you know, the whole thing modeling my Kickstarters after the most popular and successful Kickstarters I could find and still didn't crack a thing. Didn't crack a thing. In other words, was not successful. Huge failure. That's what I'm trying to say. And uh, I wonder, like, what's the secret sauce, you know? Am I choosing the wrong projects? Am I the wrong artist? Am I presenting it wrong? Are my ideas just crappy and no one likes them? Which could well be. You know, I go on there and say, listen, I'm drawing, you know, the graphic novel Moby Dick. And people are like, really not interested in Moby Dick. So I've pondered that a lot. Uh, and I've always wondered, again, what the secret sauce is that leads to that kind of success. I wish I could make it happen. I really do. Because, obviously, I'm more interested in doing art and telling my stories than I am in most things. But it is what it is. But it does play in my mind how much luck has to do with success. Because hard work doesn't necessarily make success happen. And hard work doesn't equal result. You can run into a wall over and over and over again, which is very hard work, but have very little result. So I'm still kind of, you know, thinking about that and pondering it in my mind. On a different note, to wrap up the show... I had an amazing month on Kindle this month, having broken my previous Kindle records, sold somewhere around almost 40 books on Kindle, which is a big, big month for me. In the old days, which is just a few years ago, 
I would average 100 to 150 sold printed books every month. And years before that, I would sell hundreds and hundreds of books per month. <clears throat> but again, that's kind of diminished and gone down. But it was pleasing to see the Kindle books selling so well. And it seems to be, over time, just getting more and more and more. So my Kindle books, uh, again, over time, seem to be increasing in sales, which is a really good thing. My regular printed books this month, I sold, uh, looks to be under 50 units. Still not bad, but under 50 units. So less than 100 books total sold. But I thought it might interest you to know those numbers. You know, I have over 75 books in print on Amazon, and I usually sell maybe one unit of about 50% of them each month. So that adds up to, you know, to 40 to 50 books, sometimes as high as 70 and 80 books every month, and all drawing from those 75 printed books that I have on Amazon. And they're doing pretty good. It's probably interesting to note that I began my writing career in 2005 and from 2005 till now I have written and produced over 75 books many books uh, and things I have written have been for other projects other things that I don't own the copyright on but I have produced and written those books so I think the real number is maybe closer to a hundred this is not counting a course my seven months I did animated movies, my year I did a video editing on a movie. So not all of that time from 2005 was spent drawing and creating. Uh, much of it was spent video editing, doing animation, and other projects. So it's pretty amazing to me that I've actually been able to produce and publish 75 books in just under 11 years. And again, it's even more than that if you count the other projects. But my own personal books that, you know, I own, over 75 of them. And uh, I'm pretty proud of that. I've really been able to sustain a lot of production and have used my time I consider wisely and produced a body of work that, when I'm long gone, will still be here. So I'm kind of happy about that. And I really feel blessed to have had the opportunity, the health, and the chance to produce a body of work. Most people don't get that chance. And if they do get the chance, because it's not something they're used to doing, it's very, very hard to produce. I would say your first book is always the hardest book. And each book and project after that first one becomes easier as you get more and more used to the process. So kind of keep that in mind. Most of us are not superstars the very first day, the very first thing we do. But later on, with a lot of practice and a lot of repetition, we can get very good or productive at the things we do. Again, we don't start that way, but we can get that way. And I think that's possible for everybody. So my encouragement today is do your personal projects, do your thing, create your art and your stories as best you can, and do it from a sense of love, and don't let the frustration of perhaps you know them not being successful as you'd like overwhelm you and stop you from creating your projects. There is more about creating projects than just people backing them on Kickstarter and them being successful. You know, uh, one of my Kickstarters was Attack Earth, big failure on Kickstarter, 
but as a personal project, it was a huge, huge success. Uh, I drew all the Attack Earth art really, really big like I do everything. So I've got paintings and posters all over my walls of that book. And I really love that work. I really do. And even though it's probably sold maybe two units my entire life, Attack Earth is one of the books I'm most proud of and really love. So it doesn't stop me from loving it just because the world never heard of it. Have a great day in your art studios. Keep carrying on. Keep doing your thing. And I'll be back here in a week or two and to tell you what's going on, keep you updated. So uh, I guess simply I'll be back. Have a great day. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.